The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to effectively dial for dollars. Joining us is Jake Lynn, who is the Chief Growth Officer at the performance marketing agency Equoto and the host of the All Things Telesales podcast, which is a series of in-depth conversations with leaders in all types of phone-based sales, including industries like lead generation, B2B, B2C, SaaS, tech sales, and contact centers. And today, Jake and I are going to talk about using artificial intelligence in the contact center space. Okay, here's the first part of my conversation with Jake Lynn, the host of the All Things Telesales podcast. Jake, welcome to the MarTech podcast. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks, Benjamin. Always exciting to have a fellow podcaster as a guest. And <laughs> you're a podcaster that talks about talking on the phone. Right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what telesales is and what it isn't. I think sometimes it has a negative connotation. People think of spam calls and auto dialers. Right. Give me the rundown on what telesales is today. Oftentimes, telesales gets confused with telemarketing. And while they are kind of correlate to look and feel the same, to me, telesales, it's an act of professional sales. Like you show me somebody who knows how to sell professionally, and I'll show you a person that's incapable of poverty. So to me, telesales is a skill set and it's a mindset too, as well, to be able to do outbound methodology or even inbound telesales, to be able to take somebody, a customer, a client, and give them a nice professional service oriented experience. So high level focus of engaging them and having a really good customer experience. And that's what separates like telemarketing from telesales is professionalism and it's done right. You know, it's a kind of potato potato, if you ask me. In the same way that cold email outreach we do cold email outreach all the time. That's how we find our sponsors. And we're sending very targeted emails to people that we think would be interested in becoming a sponsor and engaging with the MarTech community. But those emails are relatively well received. You know, we get a 70% open rate. And I think more than 1% of the people that we reach out to end up becoming a podcast sponsor. They're paying tens of thousands of dollars. Cold email works. And I'm assuming that there's similar metrics with telesales. Talk to me about who telesales targets? You know, is it just old people writing checks? What are we talking about here? 
that's one good way to look at it. I mean, the best telesales verticals, I would say, are very high level into the senior demographic because they're home more. But now due to the pandemic, pretty much everybody's home more. So there are higher connected rates than ever before over the last couple of months. I've noticed connection rates are through the roof as opposed before COVID because people are home more and picking up the phone more. And especially the marketers that are doing it right, that you know, if you listen to this podcast and you're doing the kind of outbound methodology dialing on your leads, getting visibility into what DIDs are sparking up as like, you know, scam likely is really important to be able to have a general idea of your numbers being reported as robocallers and stuff like that. So there's tools in place to be able to help with that. But the ones that are doing it right, I heard you had a publisher on one of your previous podcasts, publishers and advertisers that are generating calls and sending calls to contact centers to help warm them up. And there's a whole world out there called paper call world out there. So it's definitely high in demand right now, especially with the pandemic. A lot of companies are looking to capitalize on generating more phone calls. I hate to go this direction, but it's the first thing that I think about when I think about telesales, and it shouldn't be this way, but I think about spam, right? I think about auto dialers, robo dialers. I think about my phone ringing and every time it's a number I don't recognize, I don't answer it. And sometimes that gets me into trouble. Like my bank tried to call me the other day and I don't answer it because it's an 800 number. And I'm like, I don't know, they'll leave a message or it's just, I don't think of my phone as being that important anymore. How do you separate out best practices and what's spammy from making sure that you're actually conducting positive results, but also non-abusive tactics to reach people? There's a lot of bad actors out there too, right? There's a lot of people that aren't doing it right and don't care about compliance and they are robo-dialing. That gives a lot of us a bad rep. But for those of us that fully believe in ethics and compliance, we study TCPA being the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. We understand that we need an opted-in lead that has to have prior express written consent, so PEWC. So they have the prior express written consent or we have an established business relationship like your bank called Maybe your bank might call to do a cross-sell or something like that. They have an EBR in place. They have a business relationship with you to be able to make that outbound call to you. So there's a lot that goes to it for the ones that are doing it right. And if you get with the technology partner, like a dialer, so to speak, that understands how compliance works and how to set up a dialer where your outbound DIDs, your direct inbound numbers that you send these calls with, you need to make sure that your business entity is reflected on that outbound caller ID versus some generic company like Senior Benefits or you know some kind of holistic approach to marketing. And outbound marketing is why telesales has a bad rep, the ones that are not doing it the correct way. It seems like telesales is getting more sophisticated for better or for worse. I'm sure that there are ways that you can effectively dial for dollars. I got a telesales call the other day the uh, caller ID showed up and it was Benjamin Shapiro and the number that was dialing was my number. He spoofed you. That's illegal. Right? Yeah. And it's like, well, how did you dial me from me? This is clearly (laughs) not a real phone call. But there is a lot of technology that goes into dialing for dollars into telesales. Walk me through some of the newer technologies that marketers might not be aware of. I like that saying. We've all heard that saying, right? Dialing for dialogue is more of the right way to go about doing telesales and really focus on the dialogue versus like, oh, I'm about to make this sale. I'm about to make this money. So the ones that are doing it right is like the ones that really have this serve, don't sell mindset in their training and their methodologies and some of the softwares that they might use. 
I think of two partners right now as far as what they call ATDS in the TCPA world is an auto dialer. Yeah, you could tell a good podcast host because they say the acronyms multiple times. <laughs> uh, you said ATVS and the TCPA. You do them again? Yeah. So ATDS, basically it's talking about an auto dialer in the TCPA world of Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Okay. So the auto dialer in the world of consumer protection. There you go. It's our GDPR. <laughs> yeah. GDPR. Yeah. So with that in mind, the right kind of technology partner knows these acronyms. And I would even go as far as testing them as far as these acronyms are concerned, like GDPR and TCPA. Because if they don't know it, or if they're not savvy on it, or even look for partners that might even sponsor some of these types of events that provide this knowledge and this value out there. I would just try to fool them and say, are you compliant with LMNOP? <laughs> right. Like, oh, hold on, let me go see. Let me go ask my compliance officer, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. S-T-O-P. G-O-D-B-Y-E. <laughs> exactly. You get it. So with that in mind, I mean, there's a software company that I recently was a sales leader at out here in LA. They moved my family and I from Kentucky, where you might hear the accent, but I live in Calabasas, California. There's a software company that moved us out here that was a contact center software company. So another acronym for you out there is CCAS, contact center software. So hang on, what's a contact center? So a contact center is um, inbound, outbound, could be customer service, it could be telemarketing. So in today's world with pandemic world, it's virtual work from home. You're on a contact center software, like either it's 5.9 or it could be a proprietary custom built telephony built on a Twilio stack, you know? Okay. So a contact center is basically the warehouse where all the phones used to be. And now we could do it digitally. Now we can do it in the cloud. Yeah. And there are some on-premise where they actually have that stuff in the back room. And I couldn't imagine what they're going through right now. They can't even get people to come to work in their offices. So they're having to convert to the cloud. So some of them have the big servers and everything in their what they call on-premise contact center as well. So we're talking about the tech stack goes into the contact center. Seems like you can move some of this stuff into the cloud. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. 
That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. What does the tech stack look like? What are the technologies that people are using? And specifically, who were they a good fit for? So especially a lot of performance marketing people that need to convert their leads through actual phone conversation, right? Or even text. Now you have omni-channel contact center software, right? So you have multiple ways to be able to approach somebody. And now you even have workflow automation. So the right person, basically what they need to do is they need to get a hold of their leads and get there first, right? Especially if they're aggregating their data, they need to figure out a way how to be there, be the first person that they talk to and the last person that they talk to, right? And so Zoom right now, us having this conversation in the cloud, back and forth, we got video with it, but we're having this conversation over some voice over IP through Zoom, right? So a lot of these dialer systems, they have that capability where you have to be hooked up to a USB headset. And a lot of people love it because not only is it a work from home kind of world, but it, it can be literally a work from anywhere, wherever there's internet, you're working. And a lot of people love that. So you're able to have um, different types of software out there that have, again, the multi-channel approach where they're sending outbound email, they can send and receive email inside there. They can do the outbound dialing, receive the inbound calls. They can send the two-way text messages. They can even say, if they don't answer after their first attempt, then the if and then statements of workflow automation, then we're going to send them a text message if they don't answer. And if they don't answer to that text message, then we're going to call them back in two hours, right? So it has this whole if and then workflow automation, which a lot of marketers like. So it's interesting that the marketing automation technology is essentially used in omni-channel communication. You're mixing your email messages, your telephone calls, your text messages. You, you really can try to do a good job across multiple different channels of getting in front of someone. Talk to me about how you view the difference between when you should reach out digitally, email, push notification, when you should be texting and when you should be calling. That's a great question, right? It's like the method to the madness of when that lead comes in, I need to be the first one to call it. But then I don't want to abuse that opportunity to win that customer either and then blow them up repeatedly, right? And upset them. People in telesales realize that the end consumer doesn't always want to be called on the phone, right? Yeah, I mean, there's this uh, methodology out there. It's like, you seen the movie Zombieland where they talk about double tap? No, I haven't. You got to double tap them. You got to shoot the zombie twice in the head before it dies. Like it's a rule in the movie, right? And there's this whole methodology out there that, again, gives the true telesales professionals a bad rep of you got to double call them yeah. before they'll answer. Well, and that's part of it is like if I see a number call, I'm not going to answer it. And then if it calls back, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's a real person at least. That's one way to do it. Double tap them. <laughs> but you got to be very careful and everything as well, because you got to think about the customer's journey before you set any kind of cadence. You got to understand the customer's journey, understand where they came from. Did they come from an online web form? Is that well online web form been aggregated? Is that exclusive to me? Where's the traffic coming from? You got to be mindful of the customer's journey before you take any advice from anybody to help set out your cadence, because not every customer has the same journey. So talk to me about the industries and the use cases where the phone call is the right customer journey. You know, I mentioned my bank calling me. They opened up an account that they shouldn't have. They needed to get in touch with me to let me know that that had happened to make sure it wasn't fraudulent. There's other times when you really need to get a real person on the line. There's sometimes when it is truly a spam phone call. 
What is the time when consumers appreciate having a phone call and when is it most effective in terms of business results? I've seen the best results afternoon <laughs> around 12 to 1 p.m. is a really good time. That's interesting. I actually meant what's the use case, but go on. Well, that's also time zone sensitive too, right? The right kind of technology understands the time zone in which people are in, right? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't get with the <laughs> software company unless they, obviously that's a must have on your checklist when you go to evaluate systems is making sure that they take in consideration. If you're, you have a nationwide footprint in the US, then they understand the different time zones, right? So typically, see, I'm in California and if I'm managing a dialer, let's say always manage on Eastern time zone, you always start with the end in mind, right? So I may start my day at 6 a.m. Pacific time, but that's 9 a.m. And I typically don't even want to start the call centers until 10 a.m. on outbound, just because depending on the type of people, the agents that you have, are they W-2 or they 1099? You got to take all those things in consideration. Or we could talk about AI where you don't even have to worry about all that, right? <laughs> There's that too. But I would even set up cadences to say, we don't even start this camp. It's thinking in terms of the time that we start the campaign we start this campaign after like 10 a.m. Eastern time. Right. I understand the day parting aspect of it and you kind of want to hit the middle of the day, maybe catch people at lunch. I'm more thinking about like, are people in banking? You know, what are the industries that are the most receptive to having transactions happen over the phone? I'm thinking B2B tech sales, probably not a lot of call centers, right? And if they are, I don't know if it's necessarily a automated process. It's a sales rep that is specifically dialing somebody whose contact information they've accepted. What are the use cases or what are the types of businesses where phone sales is the right methodology? So I would say insurance is really big as far as like phone sales. And that's been my primary focus and haven't gone wrong with it over the last couple of years of like life insurance sales, final expense, life insurance, burial insurance. It's any way in which that you can get people to like, know, and trust you over the phone, whether that's through my tonality, my voice inflection, but also to verify and get some kind of credibility to say, you filled out this form with this email address, or could you verify your birthday for me? I have your birthday as this, and I already have this from the preform field. So it's any industry where you can gain that credibility factor, just like if your bank calls, they're going to call and say, what's the last four of your social, or they're going to find a way to verify you before they transact with you. So you've got to find a way to build credibility. So the verticals in which I've found have been the most successful are like the financial services kind of verticals for sure. Yeah. All the big old established businesses right. are used to talking over the phone. Yeah. In the recession proof industries too, right? We got to talk about that. What industries have been around since the beginning of times and have survived the Great Depression? prostitution. Right. <laughs> Taxes and insurance. That too. Yeah. Those three, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so you mentioned that there's AI for the call centers. You know, I think of dialing for dollars and maybe it's the automatic dialers that are just ringing random phones and somebody's there to conduct the call if the other line answers. Talk to me about the use of AI. Is it just the dialing mechanism or how much are we actually talking to computers these days? So I spent about a year developing what we call an AI agent, so a conversational AI agent. What we found based on our research of a year of developing this AI agent was that you really want to use it on more of your age data than you want it on your fresh leads. Like you can't really replace a human agent on a really fresh lead, but 
like on an age lead in the U.S. TCPA, Telephone Consumer Protection Act, allows us to transact with individuals as long as they haven't opted out for 90 days. So after the seventh day, we found using AI as the best way of reaching out to them on age data to help vet faster and get those leads to understand whether or not they're ever going to pick up the phone or are they not really interested to really be able to clean and vet that data list. So when we think in terms of data analytics and we think in terms of the customer journey, the way that the conversational AI agents built, it's pre-recorded voice. So you have to have in your TCPA language that you can transact with somebody using pre-recorded messages, right? So your language has to be buttoned up to be able to use this type of technology, but it's pre-recorded messages. So let's think of it in terms of a dynamic IVR. So I call you, it's not so sophisticated that the pre-recorded messages is like an Alexa calling you, right? <laughs> it's more of, I go to Fiverr, I hire a really nice voiceover artist, and I've got some pre-recorded messages built out, right? So anybody that's listening might be familiar with avatars, where avatar, you used to have a soundbite and you could hit a key and it would handle objections and stuff like, so people from Pakistan, the call center industry would use avatar technology. It was really popular, still kind of is but they would use sound bites to be able to communicate with people manually. We used to prank call people in college using yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice from the kindergarten cop movie. I cannot tell you how many phone calls I got from my drunk ass roommates telling <laughs> yeah, me exactly. that detective John Kimball needed me to get on the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And you know how many people like the talk times through the roof then, because people want to sit there and get roasted too, you know? Yeah, well, you know, those were the good old days. Now, there's the other side of this where sometimes people don't necessarily want to be called. Talk to me a little bit about when you get the AI message, I get them from, I don't know, the IRS. Obviously, it's not the IRS calling. Marriott calls me all the time. Sometimes I get them in different languages, Asian dialects. How do you get off the list? I might have helped develop some of those scripts because those are some of the Thanks, brand man. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. <laughs> but if they're abusing technology, I mean, that sounds like abuse there. So that's not good. So, yeah, I mean, you should be able to say, take me off your list now with the point of where that technology has gotten to, to literally say, take me off your list. And it should recognize that and disposition that as a DNC based on those words. So the machine is actually listening when it's an auto dialer. You say, take me off your list and it should process that. I've heard that if you answer the call, it is basically gathering the data that this is a real and active phone number. So you're just going to get more calls, which is why I never answer my phone anymore. Right. There's probably some truth to that too. And probably some of these people that are using the technology are smart enough to say that they're replacing their phone numbers to make sure that they're not showing up on. Like I would tell you, Benjamin, download a robocaller app and that might fix your problem. But the reality is, is now there's a technology out there that has visibility in the reputation management scores. So people are replacing their phone numbers to not appear on those lists anymore. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> All right. So we talked about the bad things. Let's continue the conversation. I want to get back into the useful cases for telesales. So we're going to bring you back tomorrow. We're going to talk about all the good things telesales can do for your business. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jake Lynn, the host of the All Things Telesales Podcast, for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Jake and I are going to talk about the tech stack for converting your leads faster using telesales. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jake, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can go to his website, which is allthingstelesales.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletters. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.